Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Good evening, everybody. I'm very excited to present to you a session on streaming services and audio description on behalf of the American Council of the Blind and the Audio Description Project. Before we go too much into the before we go too much into the uh, session, I want to talk a little bit about what the Audio Description Project is. The Audio Description Project is an advocacy committee within the American Council of the Blind where we advocate for audio description, and basically we want more of it, and quality at audio description. Within the Audio Description Project, we have several subcommittees. We have the Section 508 Committee shared by Pat Sheehan, which deals with audio description in government contracts and things like that. We have the Media Subcommittee, which I chair, which is deal with audio description and streaming, broadcast, television, cable, that sort of thing. We have a Beatty Committee, which stands for the benefits of audio description and education, where we try to educate kids in middle school and high school um, who are blind and visually impaired to learn about audio description, become young film critics through an essay contest we put on every year. We have a conference subcommittee, which is responsible for creating the content that we're going to talk about audio description at every conference. And we have an award subcommittee, which honors those who have <coughs> um, contributed majorly in the field of audio description. The committee is made up of about 25 members. I, I do not have the time to thank them or the memory to thank them all. So I don't want to do any injustice to anybody. But however, I will recognize those who are staff and contractors within the audio description project. I want to thank Jolyn Bailey Page, who is our audio description coordinator, who keeps the audio description project running smoothly with all of our objectives and goals. Fred Brack, the audio description webmaster. Timothy Wynn, who gathers all the information from the five uh, cable networks and the four broadcast channels that are required to do 87 and a half hours of audio description per quarter and make sure you get that information and put it on the audio description website. And last but not least, Joel Snyder, who founded the Audio Description Project and is our founder and senior consultant for the Audio Description Project. Our website, for those who are interested, we just changed our URL, is adp.acb.org. That's adp.acb.org. It's got a lot of valuable information from what's available on all the streaming services that we'll be talking to tonight, to what's on television on a daily basis, what's playing in the movie theater, what performing arts centers and venues in your state offer audio description to articles about audio description. So I highly recommend you check it out. Also, 
for those of you who have registered for the conference, we have put on a lot of information about audio description this week. We started Friday with the best picture nomination, uh, no, the best picture winner, excuse me, of Nomadland. And I want to thank Nomadland, and I want to thank Disney for giving us permission to air that over ACB radio. We did one on Saturday on museums, which was fascinating, and one on performing arts. And we have a few more this week. One will be on the National Parks on Wednesday. Tomorrow there will be one on podcast about audio description. And on Thursday, this is the one I'm looking forward to, will be one on how do you write and voice about diversity when it comes to audio description in today's environment. And on Friday, I don't know, some some small company named NBC Universal has given us permission to rebroadcast the Olympic opening ceremony with audio description. So please definitely tune into all those sessions. If you missed any of them, all of them, probably with the exception of the Friday opening ceremony, will be available as a podcast. So streaming services. Why are we doing a panel on streaming services tonight? Well, that's because really all the action is there, even though they're not mandated by the 21st Century Video Accessibility Act, Communications and Accessibility Act. That's where most of the audio description is now being created today. And all the services seem to be fully committed to providing an accessible, inclusive platform for us to view audio description. Tonight, we will be talking to representatives from Apple, Amazon, Disney, Hulu, HBO, Netflix, Paramount Plus, and Peacock. The fact that they're all on this panel tells me two things. One, they are definitely committed to providing audio description, audio description in an accessible manner. And two, that they consider us valuable partners in helping them to achieve their goals of doing so. So that that's hugely valuable. And I can't thank all the participants on this panel enough. As a deafblind individual myself with a degree in film, when I started losing dip, uh, my vision and started having difficulty in watching movies and TV, what audio description did was give me my love of film and television back. And when I was a young man dating my girlfriend, who later became my wife, it allowed us to go on dates and simply enjoy each other's company rather than her stressing out whether I was enjoying the movie and trying to overcompensate for my lack of not being involved in, in, in the movie. So it, I can't tell you what a difference it has made in my life. And I want to thank each one of you individually before we get into this. Um, so before we go much further, for those of you who are joining or learning for the first time about audio description, what is audio description? Audio description is a, a means of describing key visual elements with voicing and narration of time, place, action, gesture, facial expression, key visual elements that you need to interpret and understand the television show or film you are watching. They do this in between gaps in dialogue so that it does not overlap the dialogue and it is incredibly helpful. You can access with all of these streaming services, audio description in a number of ways. One is through your internet browser. You can simply go to whatever the URL of each streaming service is and, and access and log in and access the content that way. Most, if not all of these streaming services also have an app that you can watch either on your smart television, your Android device or tablet or iPhone or uh, tablet. And the last way you can access this is through a streaming device whether it be the Apple TV, the Fire Stick, the Roku, the Chromecast, that's another way to access that. And they all have um, screen reader technology built into it. And in some cases, magnification and inverse colors for those with low vision. <clears throat> so that's just a quick overview. Now we're going to be talking to each of the panelists individually. And at the end, we're going to talk to them first and let them talk about what they're providing in terms of accessibility and streaming and audio description. 
at the very, very end, we will allow time for questions. And if you have any questions, you can email them at question, that's question plural, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-F, at acb.org. Again, that's questions at acb.org. First, I would like to start with Thomas Lakowski. He is the Vice President of Accessibility at Comcast. He um, led, he, Comcast was the first one to come up with an accessible cable television box with the use of voice guidance. And in 2019, he also developed an assistive remote control for those with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease to an internet application that allowed them to use the remote control with eye movement, which got lots of recognition and was even noted in Time Magazine. Tom has worked in his whole career to make the internet, broadcast, television, mobile technology accessible to all. Before being at Comcast, he was the director of accessibility at AOL and even worked at the media access group at WGBH in Boston in captioning and descriptive video services. And he worked with a young marketing representative who might be responsible for Tom's success today. I wonder who that is. Am I supposed to comment on that, Carl, or? or... No, no, I'm just kidding, Tom. Tom and I used to be co-workers. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny, but it didn't come out that way. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny. Well, thanks, Carl. And uh, hello, everybody. And nice to be with you uh, again on this description panel. And I um, uh, get to talk about streaming services this time, but um, don't tell anyone I'm going to throw in a couple of things uh, around the uh, broadcast and cable side, because based on working with me for as long as we did, Carl knows that I never quite follow the rules whenever uh, whenever it comes to it. So um, first things first, I wanna talk about Peacock. Uh, Peacock is the new, year, new streaming service from NBC Universal. Uh, it launched officially on July 15th in 2020, so just past its first year. Um, Xfinity customers may recall seeing it show up on X1 and Flex uh, back in April of 2020. It was kind of a pre-launch as we were working through the product. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, audio description and where you can find the audio description. Um, so the, the idea behind Peacock, as I said, is it, it's NBC Universal streaming service. It offers a world-class slate of exclusive originals, both scripted and unscripted. Uh, on-demand libraries of hit TV shows and critically acclaimed films from the vaults of Universal Pictures, uh, DreamWorks Animation, uh, Focus Features, and uh, many other Hollywood studios as well. So uh, audio description is something that is very important to Comcast NBC Universal as a whole. As Carl mentioned, uh, today we have hundreds of episodes of original and uh, non-original uh, non or, or you know, repurposed uh, TV and shows and movies available with audio description. Uh, and you can access uh, the description through the media player. Uh, currently, uh, we have our four major apps are on the Fire TV platform, uh, Vizio Smart TV, Samsung Smart TV, and Xfinity's X1 and Flex products. Uh, we are working to improve usability of the iOS app and the Android app and uh, the web app uh, for desktop browsers. Uh, so, so today the best experience is on those four uh, TV platforms and you'll see usability of the remaining apps improve over time. As I mentioned, there are hundreds of episodes today available with audio description, and we will add and continue to add more through the end of this year and, and beyond. Uh, and so the commitment really is to all of the scripted original series certainly will have audio description. Many of the unscripted original series will, will also have audio description. And then the content that we uh, purchase from other programmers uh, where that content has audio description, uh, it will be available uh, on our service as well. 
So some of the highlights to think about here uh, coming up, um, you know, with the Olympics is a big week for us here at, at Xfinity and, and Comcast NBC Universal. The Olympics in Tokyo start on Friday, uh, the 23rd. Uh, and we're going to do some interesting programming in partnership with ACB for the closing night of, of the convention. Uh, we're going to actually stream the opening ceremonies with live audio description, the primetime coverage of the opening ceremonies to the ACB uh, convention platform. So Zoom, uh, ACB radio, and other, other channels that uh, you might use to uh, participate in the convention. Uh, there's going to be an exciting pre-Olympics show that I know uh, Clark Rutfeld and Kim Charlson and others are, are planning. Um, and so we would urge you to uh, tune in for that and, and join us for that that night. But the, the exciting part is all of the uh, primetime coverage on NBC of the Olympics will be available with live audio description. This year, there's a hashtag, hashtag NBC Olympics A11Y. So that will get us or get you uh, near real time uh, access. So if there's something that's not working for you uh, with getting the audio description, et cetera, uh, use that hashtag and um, we will be monitoring that. And as quickly as we can, we'll, we'll work to address the feedback. And hopefully you won't have any issues and you'll just be able to use that hashtag and talk about audio description on the Olympics this year provided by Descriptive Video Works. So that's the opening closing ceremonies plus the primetime coverage on NBC, the broadcast network. Peacock is going to stream the closing ceremonies with live audio description plus the men's basketball gold medal game as well. So there's some coverage there uh, coming up. You can also get the Olympics uh, content with audio description at NBCOlympics.com. And there's a media player there. You'll have two links. One will start the show without description. One will start the show with description. Uh, so you have many different ways. And of course on Xfinity, you can check it out through X1 and Flex or through the stream mobile app or web app. So. That's kind of the update uh, for, for now from us on the streaming side. Uh, Peacock's off to a great start. Uh, hundreds of episodes available with audio description today. More on the way and it'll continue to grow over time. Uh, big focus on adding audio description to scripted and unscripted original series plus other content that we purchase and acquire from other partners. Uh, the platforms again are currently available uh, and the easiest way to get at the content is on the X1 and Flex platform, Samsung Smart TV, Vizio Smart TV, uh, and uh, Fire TV. And then, of course, all of the Olympics uh, information that I just provided. If you have any, uh, any questions, happy to take them at the end of the panel. I'll turn it back to Carl. Well, Tom, you... The rest of the folks have to wait to the end, but you don't get off that easy with me. I do have oh. a few questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have to go. Um, there's a free service and a paid service of Peacock, correct? Yeah, there's an, uh, a, there is a premium service, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there a, so how much audio description is available on the free service versus the premium service? Is there a difference? It's really about the uh, advertising, which is kind of, you know, the, the, the premium service, obviously uh, less ads, those types of things. So all of all of the content that I mentioned uh, would be available uh, in in both uh, the premium and the, the free service. Okay. And how much is the premium service? I need to get back to you on that one, Carl. I That's think it's fine. $5 a month, but let me... Um, Double check that. Well, I just really wanted to make people more aware that the free service has ads and the premium service has either less or no ads, correct? And they That's both correct. offer audio descriptions. That's all. I just wanted the people to know that. Right. And Xfinity customers uh, are getting the uh, the premium as part of their as part of their X1 and Flex uh, okay. service today. And you also offer a. For internet only customers, don't you also offer an accessible streaming device? 
So that's the flex product that I've talked about, right? And so that is really where we're becoming the aggregator of aggregators for content. Uh, and so, you know, it is no additional charge and you get all of the different apps that we have on the platform, everything from Peacock to Hulu to Netflix to HBO Max to, you know, Spotify, Pandora, et cetera. Now, accessibility of some of those apps does vary. Um, of course, everyone on this panel uh, who represents those companies is making their apps accessible. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's you know, no different than downloading an app from one of the mobile app stores. Uh, you know, you just wanna, uh, you know, we don't control, obviously we encourage, strongly encourage partners to make their apps accessible, but it is, it is the responsibility of the app provider themselves to to make their experience as accessible as possible. And I'm only going to ask you this because it's going to come up with another vendor on this, another streaming service on this panel near the end. Currently, in terms of audio description, are you using any text-to-speech at all for, for the voice of the narration? Currently, it's the traditional method of adding uh, or, or producing audio descriptions. So it has a human narrator, um, but certainly we are committed to innovation and would look to, in the future, find ways of making audio description as uh, efficient and widely available as possible. And, you know, text-to-speech could be one solution that that's pursued. I think, you know, we've talked about this in the past, Carl. I think, you know, there are ways that industry has to look to be able to deliver more content faster. Uh, and certainly, you know, technology uh, solutions like text-to-speech um, may help there. Okay, thank you. Next, we have Paramount Plus, who is also one of the newer players in the, well, they've actually provided audio description for shows their original, such as Star Trek Discovery and Picard, but recently they've expanded their commitment to audio description and that they are now adding uh, audio description to many of their movies and shows from CBS, and they have expanded their catalog greatly. Martha Heller is the vice president of CBS Viacom, the vice president of Governmental Affairs and Regulatory Council for the CBS Viacom. She represents CBS Viacom in dealing with the federal government agencies such as the FCC. Uh, welcome, Martha. Oh, wait a minute. And before that, she worked for the FCC as media bureau chief and also as a leader in the enforcement uh, division and also acted as an advisor to Commissioner Clyborne. Thank you, Carl. That was nice. And um, uh, it's, thank you for including me on this panel. It's really nice to be here with everyone tonight. Uh, so I'll start with just a little bit of um, background about Paramount Plus, since, uh, as Carl mentioned, it is uh, the newest uh, streaming service on this panel tonight, um, at least in its current iteration. So. Um, Paramount Plus was launched uh, just this year in March. So it's been in existence um, just about over four months now. Um, but uh, it's important to um, realize that um, Paramount Plus was launched as uh, a rebranding and a significant expansion of our predecessor uh, streaming service, which was CBS All Access. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that. So um, with the merger of Viacom and CBS, which was completed just at the very end of 2019, there was really a, a great opportunity to expand the streaming service with content from uh, a wider variety of our brands and services across the company. So Paramount Plus um, today uh, continues, uh, of course, to include great content from uh, CBS, but also with uh, a number of our other um, prominent brands, such as, uh, for example, MTV and Nickelodeon and um, 
movies from Paramount Pictures as well. And so uh, with all of that, um, it includes uh, uh, an expansive library of original content, um, which uh, as Carl mentioned, and I'll touch on that a little bit more in just a minute, um, and existing shows from the library of our other brands across the company, of course, the movies, and um, as well as uh, some live sports and breaking news. So it's a really comprehensive service. Um, and the last thing that I'll mention, just because it's a little bit of a unique aspect of Paramount Plus, which is that um, it also enables subscribers, if, if depending on which plan they choose, uh, it enables subscribers to also stream their local CBS affiliate stations as well on the service. So that's that's Paramount Plus and what it has um, in terms of content generally. Um, turning to uh, accessibility, I'll say that um, the Paramount Plus uh, development team has been hard at work um, incorporating accessibility features um, and um, with uh, a large emphasis on audio description. So I really appreciate, uh, Carl, what you said uh, about your recognition that um, we've really expanded the library of options that include description. So um, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. I wanna kind of break it down into three different categories. Um, the first of which is our um, original programming. Uh, and um, this has been, you know, where uh, we've really placed a big priority in terms of uh, audio description. And um, as of right now, basically all of the original shows um, and original content on Paramount Plus has audio description available. So that was a goal of the company to, to make pretty much all of that accessible to the blind and low vision community. And it includes as of um, right now, about 26 different TV shows that are original and exclusive to Paramount Plus. So um, including um, uh, Carl, well, of course you mentioned our the ever popular Star Trek content. So there's the uh, Star Trek Discovery and two other uh, series that are uh, original to Paramount Plus. Um, some other uh, salient examples include the uh, show Why Women Kill. Um, there's the show <laughs> Evil, uh, The Good Fight, which is a spinoff of The Good Wife from CBS, um, and also some uh, great kids content in there um, that stems from uh, Nickelodeon so there's originals, uh, for example, among many others, um, Rugrats and Camp Coral. So this is um, this is an area where we're going to, you know, we're continuing commitment as we create more original shows for the platform. Our goal is to continue to have all of that have description included. And then the second bucket that I wanted to mention is uh, CBS content. Um, and I hope that um, many of you know um, that uh, the CBS Broadcast Network has had a really particularly strong commitment to accessibility and especially to audio description over many years. And um, an example of that that I've I think is a good illustration is that, you know, there was a long period when the FCC's original uh, then called video description rules were struck down in federal court and there were no rules on the books for, you know, nearly a decade. And throughout that period, uh, CBS continued on a voluntary basis to, to offer uh, described programming on the network. And so, that is um, something that is a great baseline for Paramount Plus as well, um, and um, gives us a great way to expand the library of content that's available. So currently, um, all of the um, CBS content from the current seasons that is being described on uh, over-the-air TV are also described on Paramount Plus. 
And in addition to that, there is um, a good library uh, of content from prior seasons that were described for um, over the air TV that are also available with uh, description on Paramount Plus. And I, I just want to emphasize here um, that this is all um, very much uh, a work in progress um, for us. Um, you know, and, and there's definitely more to come. There's going to, as I mentioned, be a continued um, commitment to um, the original content as well as, you know, a lot more that we're looking to add from our existing library that has audio descriptions. So definitely um, be on the lookout for more to come. Um, and then last bucket that I wanted to talk about for a minute is uh, Paramount Movies because there's some good news to share um, here as well. So um, currently there's over a hundred movies, Paramount movies available on Paramount Plus that also have audio description available. And again, um, this is a work in progress for us. Um, we are looking to add a lot more on a continuing basis. So there's already, um, you know, dozens more that are in the queue to be added to Paramount Plus. Um, and, and just while we're talking about movies, I did want to call out one example in particular, which I think is, is just a good one, um, and also a timely one, which is uh, A Quiet Place Part Two, uh, which is a Paramount movie that um, just became available on Paramount Plus last week after it uh, completed its run in the theater. And so now um, both uh, the original uh, A Quiet Place Part One, I guess, if you call it that, and uh, Part Two are available with description on Paramount Plus and um, really with description that's received some good recognition, I think, for the high quality of um, the acting and the writing. Uh, I watched it uh, just this past weekend with the audio description running, and I'm certainly not as much as, of an expert as, as many of you are, but um, I thought it really um, came across well and was um, good quality. And the other reason why I just wanted to call out the example of A Quiet Place two, uh, Part Two is because um, you know beyond the accessibility features in the movie itself, um, it's also gotten some great recognition for its representation uh, of disability within the storyline. And in particular, um, the movie received um, just recently the Ruderman Family Foundation's Seal of Authentic Representation uh, which is an award that recognizes uh, movies and TV shows that feature actors with disabilities. And so um, anyone who's familiar with uh, these movies at all will know that this is for uh, the major role that Millicent Simmons, who, who is um, herself a, a deaf actress, um, plays in the movies. And so, um, you know, I just think it's, uh, uh, a really good um, example um, because beyond the um, uh, commitment that it shows to making our content accessible to people with disabilities, just from a pure um, diversity standpoint, the importance of representing um, people with disabilities within our content itself. So um, uh, if, you, if you can stomach a scary movie. Uh, I definitely recommend that you that you check it out. If you can't stomach a scary movie, then definitely don't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's a great movie. Um, so that's that's pretty much what I wanted to cover on the content side. Just from the um, technical side, I also just wanted to make one point, which is that. Um, uh, thanks to some really hard work from our development team in these early stages, um, Paramount Plus is available with audio description on the full slate of platforms and devices on which it's available. So basically, 
anywhere that you can, um, any device on which you can access Paramount Plus, you can get the audio description enabled as well. Thank you, um, Carl. You you gonna go easier on me than Tom, or? Well, I do have a couple of <laughs> questions. Um, so first of all, you mentioned it. If I were a Paramount Plus premium customer, that I can also watch CBS being streamed live. Is there anything on your roadmap to also carry over the SAP signal so I could watch a show live with audio description? Oh, okay. Well, I have to check into that. So, Just a thought. No, I, I knew the answer was probably not right now, but maybe that might be something to put on the roadmap. Okay. If you're streaming your network live that already has audio description, why not also enable it? For us to watch it with audio description. Okay, I guess that is an excellent question, Carl. I guess I was, um, that's one thing I haven't looked at and I was assuming that that's the way it worked, that all of the um, accessibility features that are available when you're watching over the air. Um, it may be, but I haven't heard though. Yeah, yeah, so are you saying you haven't, you don't, you just don't know. I would, I, I'm assuming that it is, enabled already, but I I'm happy to check into that. That's a okay. Great thank you. Um, you also offer a free service and a premium service, just like Peacock. Is that correct? Uh, no, we are slightly different in that we have two um, subscription only tiers. Um, one that is um, for four ninety. Since I know you're going to ask me about the price next, so I think I've got that. Um, one that is uh, four ninety nine a month, and that is uh, similar to Peacock. That is an ad supported um, uh, version of the service, um, and also it does not include um, the full live streams of the affiliates. And then the premium service. Um, uh, does include the live streams, and um, that one is $9.99. Okay. <clears throat> and again, since I asked this to Tom, currently at this time, I believe you only use human voice narrators. Are there any plans on the roadmap to potentially use text-to-speech? Well, that's correct. Right now, we don't, and, um, you know, we don't have any um, immediate plans to do so. Um, but I would say that, uh, you know, my answer is, it, to that is, is similar to what Tom said, which is that um, it is something that we're looking at, um, and in part because um, not as so much as a replacement for um, the live voice version of description, um, but as a way to possibly expand the amount of description that we have available on something like Paramount Plus. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's um, the quality is improving. Um, there, um, it's, it's certainly um, quicker than doing the um, traditional way. And it's, and it's less expensive. So I think it is, you know, something that we're just looking at down the road as something that, you know, potentially could um, offer more content with description available. Okay, thank you. Next, we have Alison Smith from Network, uh, Netflix, I'm sorry, who is the Global Innovation Manager. Globalization Innovation Manager. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time remembering everybody's bio tonight, so I'm going to make it up as I go along. <laughs> no, the only thing I can remember is that you were responsible for providing, uh, you came up with the quality control process for subtitling, which um, helped your globalization initiatives around the world. You have a degree in neurolinguistics and that you formerly worked at um, National Geographic as head of the translation department. I know there were a lot of things in there about systematic approaches and quality control and quantitative analysis, but I, I can't remember how they fit to your bio. So, um, but, but you're basically oversee the accessibility components of Netflix. Netflix was the first streaming service to do audio description. So I wanna recognize them for doing that back in 2016 with the first show I believe was Daredevil and they've been at it for a while. And so, um, and I read somewhere recently that as much as 33% of your content has audio description. 
Thanks so much, Carl, for that introduction. You did a great job remembering all of it. Um, I don't know the percentage of the content that we have available, but I do know that it's over 17,000 hours of content now available with audio description, which is something that we're immensely proud of. Um, and that does, I think that volume is a result of the fact that we've been working on this for years now. Um, we started, I think, you know, in 2013, Netflix launched its first original series. And that's when we really got serious about producing our own content, managing post-production processes and distributing that content ourselves. And so it was back all the way in 2014 that we started working on how we were going to support audio description, um, making sure that we had all the necessary pipelines in place. We were working with the best vendors and talent and studios out there in the world to create a really high-class experience um, sorry, high quality experience um, for audio description. And we spent a lot of time working with folks in the ACB even or other advocacy groups um, and folks within the community to really understand what audio description is, how it should work, what makes up a really good quality experience um, and how we can make sure that we're getting that. And so we set up things like QC processes um, we've created our audio description style guide, which is publicly available on our website and even has a feedback form at the bottom of it. So that's really a living document that sets the expectations of what we're looking for within audio description. Um, and lately we've been uh, starting to talk about some interesting new conversations about how do we make sure that our audio description is inclusive and describes race in a way that's appropriate and informative. Um, and, and, you know, doesn't hit on sensitivities and things like that. Um, and so that's very much a living document, something that we update from time to time and really use to set our vendors and all of the talent that works on creating these assets up for success. Um, so back in 2015, I think it was, we launched, um, unfortunately, we launched Daredevil, a show with that features a blind superhero without audio description, but we had been working really hard behind the scenes to create it. So that was um, a big learning moment for us to realize that we were sort of waiting to try and have a lot of content to put up all at once and make a splashy entrance into covering audio description. Um, but heard very loud and clearly from the community that this title absolutely should have audio description. And so we went ahead and launched that um, after that feedback. And then from there have really been just pushing into this, again, listening to feedback from the community, evaluating the different pieces of how our business works around accessibility to make sure that we have been constantly improving this. So at that point in time, we started with about a hundred shows. Um, and like I said, we are now up to about 17,000 hours of audio description. Um, and we're also proud that we're doing that in many languages so that folks around the world are able to access audio description. I think in the US, we have a long history of prioritizing accessibility and we wanna make sure that we're um, using everything that we've learned within the English speaking markets uh, to help support global accessibility. Let's see. Um, We've also been working really hard to make sure that our actual product, the app or, um, you know, the, the website that we use is also accessible, that it's, of course, compatible with voice readers, but not only that it should be accessible, but it should be a really nice experience that you should be able to search for content seamlessly, uh, find content that has audio description, select it very easily, and all of that. So we've been working on improving that and testing and iterating throughout our product. Um, we've done things like added an audio description tag and logo to the description page, which has all the information about a show or a movie um, to make it really clear that that's there. We also added a gallery, a catalog of all the titles that have audio description, so you can quickly navigate there. And then we've also added functionality to our search page, so you can search things like movies with audio description and get those results populated very quickly. And so giving lots of ways to find the content um, and then engage with it in a really rich way is, is something that we're constantly striving towards. Um, let's see, I think, so yeah, that's where we are today. I think we have a fairly accessible product. We have a lot of content that is accessible, um, but of course we're always continuously looking for ways to continue to improve our accessibility, to improve the overall experience. Um, and one of the main ways that we've done that in the past and we'll continue doing that is by getting feedback from this community. And so there's a number of ways that you can reach out to Netflix. Um, I'll list three of them here. The first one I think is um, 
if as you're watching a content you notice uh, like a show or a movie you notice something that isn't quite right we have a report a problem feature right in the playback experience where you can navigate there and you can report an issue about that content and we do monitor that we update um assets we change things and, and fix problems through that mechanism we also have our customer service where you can either chat or talk on the phone to resolve any issues that you might be having with your device or if you just don't know how to use something. Um, that's a great way to get those kinds of issues resolved. And then we also have a corporate site, which is netflix.com accessibility, where you can give kind of more general feedback about the accessibility features on Netflix. So that's another great way to get in touch. Oh, and one fourth one, we also have a lot of articles online. If you're just wanting to troubleshoot on your own, that's a really great way to go about that. Um, and then let's see, Carl, I know you're probably going to ask me about text-to-speech. So <laughs> what what, what maybe. ever gave you that idea? It's a pattern forming, um, so I will address that. I think, again, we're also really interested in any type of technology that can expand coverage and increase accessibility, um, and so it's something that's pretty intriguing for us. I think the one thing we want to really investigate and take our time with is what's that experience like? Do members view it as a degraded experience or does it actually have some advantages you know there's sort of a hypothesis that synthetic voice might actually be beneficial um, when it's used in conjunction with another feature that we introduced recently which was the playback speed controls so if you're listening to content faster the synthetic voice might actually be easier to listen to than the human voice recordings um, and so that's something we're kind of looking into what are those trade-offs and how do we navigate making sure we're protecting that overall experience while trying to expand our coverage. Um, so lots to come there. So you said a couple of things. Um, one, you mentioned that you allow everybody to filter for title by audio description. And I just want to point that out because um, I don't remember if any of the other services do, but I would hope that all the services on this panel tonight consider that as an option so that when, for instance, I won't watch anything that's not audio described. So if I land on something and it's not audio described, I'm not going to watch it. So it would be nice if I had an ability to either filter by audio description, the blindness community, I mean, or within the description, just like you say, closed captions available if you also said audio description. And I'm not talking about Netflix specifically. I'm just talking about all the streaming services as you mentioned. The other thing I've noticed, and I want to commend Netflix for doing this, that as I listen, I, I have starting to know which narrators are who. And I've heard at least two blind and visually impaired narrators. And I want to commend you for having hired blind people in the creative process, which is meant for them. So that's to be commended, and I hope that that's something all the streaming services here consider, whether it be hiring them to voice, whether it be hiring them to edit, or whether it be hiring them to be quality control consultants <coughs> to look at the writing or, or whatever. So that's just something as we create a more inclusive world. I also read recently, and I haven't had a chance to see this, but as a deaf-blind individual myself, in that I have a dual sensory loss that I'm blind and hard of hearing, I thought I read that Netflix was creating transcripts that had both closed captioning and audio description in it. Is that true? That is true. I believe it's only on a couple of titles. I know Crip Camp was one of them, and I think there's one other that's not coming to mind right away, but we did put a place on our product where you can access the um, I think we're calling it the descriptive transcript, which is, yeah, like a combination of the captions. Um, they're a little bit actually more verbatim than the captions because we don't have the same timing constraints that we would with um, subtitles or captions. Um, so they actually have like the full dialogue in there. And I think even with the descriptions, we were able to pull those out and make them more descriptive because, again, we're not we don't face the same constraints of fitting the descriptions in between the dialogue. Um, so, again, trying to make sure that if we're going to provide an experience, it's going to be the best that it possibly can be given the medium and the format, but that is true that we're, we're starting to work on different, um, adding different aspects like assets, like descriptive transcripts. Well, I'm just uh, speaking of the person who is a member of the deafblind community, and I'm relatively in terms of low on the deafblind community in that I can still access film and television. If any of the folks on this panel created those types of transcripts, 
Can you imagine giving access for the very first time in people's lives to entertainment content so that they know what other people are talking about? That's just something to think about. And I know I'm throwing in my own personal list as I talk to each one of you, but that's just something to think about moving forward for all of the panelists on this committee because the deaf blind are excluded from so much because it's hard. It's easy to fix it if you're just deaf or hard of hearing or just blind, but when you're both, it, it's definitely more challenging and time consuming. So that's just something to consider. <coughs> so um, that's all I have for now. I At the end, I have some general questions for all of you based on your comments, but for now, that's it. Next, we're gonna go to Hulu. Uh, and Melanie Goodman is the lead digital supply chain specialist. She has been with Hulu for about nine years, and she is in charge of all accessible content for Hulu. She is also the founder of the A11Y Hulu uh, group, which is a resource group for people and employees with disabilities within Hulu. And before that, she was a live caption writer for Cornell uh, University. And for those who don't know what A11Y is, because we've mentioned that a couple of times, Tom mentioned it and I just did, it's a Twitter, um, it's a Twitter handle often used and A11Y stands for accessibility because between the letter A and Y, there are 11 characters uh, total in the word. There are 13 characters total, but there are 11 between the A and Y. So welcome, Melanie. Why don't you tell us about Hulu and audio description? Sure. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here for my first year um, and with all of my colleagues in this accessibility space. Um, so our mission at Hulu is to empower everyone to discover, share, and celebrate the stories that connect us. And ensuring that content is accessible is critical to that mission. Uh, so over the past few years, our team has done a tremendous amount of work, uh, both to expand our library of audio described content and also to increase the accessibility of the platform at large for screen reader users. Uh, to uh, improve access to movies and television for the blind and low vision community. So I wanted to call out a couple um, just general accessibility improvements as well that we've made around color contrast, text legibility, and focus dates, um, all of which make it easier and more intuitive to navigate everything from sign up to account management to watching your favorite show on the Hulu app. Um, and then within the realm of audio description, it is available both on the Hulu website as well as on all of our applications across mobile and living room devices. Um, so anywhere that Hulu is available, audio description is available. Currently, it's supported um, just in English and through a stereo mix. Um, and you can actually filter on Hulu as well um, through a hub where all of our described content is in a single place. Um, so the web version of that, I'll give you the URL if you want to go to it directly, um, is www.hulu.com slash hub slash audio dash description. Um, and there is an equivalent hub in all of the other applications where you can access the audio description. Uh, currently, we've published over 1,800 episodes and movies with descriptive audio, and that consists of over 140 unique series and film titles. And those include some of our signature Hulu originals like The Handmaid's Tale and Little Fires Everywhere uh, and Run, as well as Next Day TV, like The Bachelor. Tell them about Run, because that's interesting. Yeah. So um, Run is a thriller uh, that's a Hulu original that features a wheelchair user um, as one of the lead characters. Um, and similarly to uh, Quiet Place, if you can stomach something with a little bit of uh, scariness to it, um, recommend. We're really proud of, of the attention that it's received around really authentic disability representation, um, featuring an actress who is disabled herself. Yeah, that was, I, that was amazing that you actually thought out a wheelchair user to play the part. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's certainly an important component to the representation is making sure that it's authentic to the experience, um, whether through Ron or through Rami, um, which I recommend as well. Um, other content that we have, say going back to um, next day, we have Bachelorette, we have Snowfall. Um, on the movie side, you mentioned Nomadland already. Um, we also have one of my favorites, Pick of the Litter, uh, which if you want to watch a film about guide dogs is just absolutely delightful. Um, and we're working really closely with our partners across Disney at ABC and Fox. 
uh, to add descriptive audio for hundreds of episodes of licensed content uh, over the next few months, including some kids' titles like Doc McStuffins and Gravity Falls. Um, so trying to make sure that we have great coverage there for a little bit of everything that you could possibly want. Um, going to beat you to the punch on this question. Uh, in regard to Hulu originals, we currently only accept audio descriptions that are read by human voice actors. Um, so we don't take auto-generated or speech-to-text um, at this time. And we do try to make sure that we have consistency in our voice talent across episodes and seasons of a series uh, to the extent possible. Um, similarly, as far as consistency goes, once you've set up descriptive audio on any of your Hulu uh, apps, it'll persist across that device. So if you set it up once on the web, anything that's available with descriptive audio will default to that going forward and make it really easy for you to, to make sure that that experience is ready to go. Um, and we also have some content that's available for offline downloading. And if a show or movie is downloadable and has audio description, you can go ahead and download the video with that setting enabled as well. Um, and then I wanted to call out um, that we do have a few different places that you can get help if you need accessing um, or a feedback on any of our audio described contents. Um, of course, our general support aliases are always available and very responsive, um, but we do have a dedicated support alias that is really intended for screen reader issues. Um, but I've gotten sort of an insider tip that if you have issues or feedback about descriptive audio, it'll get you to the right place. Um, and get you into the, the good hands to uh, provide assistance there. So that is screen-reader-feedback at hulu.com. Um, and the folks there will make sure that, you know, if you have any questions um, about the descriptive audio experience or content availability um, or anything like that, they can give you a hand. Um, and we do also have a lot of support articles as well that can walk you through uh, you know, just how to access content across all of your devices. Um, if you if you want to run through that yourself um, and get yourself set up. Hopefully that covered most of it, but I'm sure you will still have some questions. <laughs> I do. Uh, so because Hulu is a conglomerate of a lot of sources, there are currently nine entities required under the CVAA to provide 87 and a half hours of audio description, the four broadcast networks and the five top cable rated networks. You have most of those nine entities on your service. Is Hulu trying to develop partnership with those entities? Because your catalog would explode exponentially if you also got the audio description packet at the same time you got the show delivered. Yeah, absolutely. So we are working with all of our partners across um, networks to try to get audio description wherever it's available. Um, there are sometimes challenges in terms of just content delivery with those different partners um, that we're continuing to navigate uh, to make sure that we can, can get those moving forward. Um, but those are conversations that are always happening. And whenever we bring in new partners, we're continuing to have those conversations early um, to let folks know that we're interested in getting content wherever it's available. The other thing is, you also have, if you have the premium service, you also have live television camp components. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked um, Martha. Have have there been potentially any ideas to put on the roadmap to carry over the SAP for those who are watching it live? It's a good question. Um, I am more involved in the video on demand side, so I don't want to speak definitively to that. Um, I'm not aware of anything right now, but um, certainly I think that would be a feature that we would want to consider if if not doing so already. I'll put it on the, my wish list. <laughs> I will make a wish list just for you. Okay. You also mentioned that currently that everything's in stereo in English. Are, are, are there plans to maybe do? And I would ask this of all the streaming services had I thought of it. Uh, the blindness community would love to see audio description at the same high level quality that the primary audio is, audio is say, surround sound with Dolby Atmos. Uh, and I'm not, you don't have to answer that. I'm just, because you already said it, isn't it, this time. But I would ask all the streaming services that's something to consider because what audience more than a blind audience, which is very audio based, and that's how they get the information, would enjoy truth around sound with an audio description mix. 
So that's just something I would ask all the streaming services to consider um, as we move forward. Okay, well, thank you. Um, I enjoyed Run. I saw Run because I particularly thought that movie out when it came out because I knew that you uh, hired a young actress in a wheelchair purposely. And boy, I thought my mother was tough. Not as tough as the mother in that film. Wow. So, so that was uh, a good movie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org.